0: If you guys weren't here last week, we started the series in Zachariah, and Kai did just an amazing job of giving the background, and it's so important. And so, if you weren't here and you haven't seen that, You go back and watch that as we walk through Zechariah, the background, the historical context, what's going on in the history of God's people, like all that is so important to really understand as we walk through every single thing. And today, like we're not going to do that every single time. When we start a book, we like to give the background. We're trying to answer the question, what did this mean to the people that were the original audience so that then we can understand what it means to us? And so we always start a book that way, but we don't do A a full background every single time, and in Zechariah, you really kind of need it because there's all these visions, there's all this different visions that God is giving uh, Zechariah to share with the people. So these proclamations, as God speaks to Zechariah, and then Zechariah speaks for God to the people, it, it helps to understand what exactly was going on. And so it's really good that you get that. I'll give you just a little bit as we move forward into the text today. Just just enough to probably make everybody dangerous a little bit to try to help us understand. But this vision in chapter 2, we've already seen a couple visions in chapter 1. This is the third vision Zachariah is given by God to see what God is doing and what he wants to communicate to his people. And this vision is all about this, this man, this young man with a measuring line. Zachariah in this vision, he sees this young man. Maybe he's walking by, maybe he's standing there, and he has a measuring line. And Zachariah says, hey, where are you going? What are you, what are you doing with that measuring line? And the guy says, oh, I'm, I'm going to go measure Jerusalem to see what its width is and what its length is. I'm going I'm to take, take this and I'm going to go measure Jerusalem to see how wide and how long it is. And so what you have here is an ancient form of surveying. You have an ancient surveyor, basically, in this vision. He's going to go figure out where the boundaries of Jerusalem are and set those boundaries. And they had, ancient days, they had all kinds of tools for that. They had all kinds of different equipment. They kind of divide. The, none of it is really kind of... It's so primitive, we don't make sense anymore. But like you guys know, you kind of know what a surveyor is, don't you? Like you have an idea in your mind, you've, you've driven by, or you've had a survey done of your property and you've seen a surveyor, you've seen surveyors out at work, and they have, the, they have specific equipment for it. They have uh, what's called a theodolite is what they use. It's kind of like a telescope, and I'm just saying that because I wanted you to know I know that word. So they have a, they have a theodolite. And then you you drive by and you see the survey out there. He's usually got his Theodolite up on a tripod, and he's, and he's got another guy on the other side of the property where, where Nate is standing in the back, if you can see Nate back there. He's, he's my other part of my surveying team today. Nate, if you can take the receptor and put it right there on your chest. And then you'll see them out there, and they're getting a survey for the land. And then what he's doing is he's looking through that Theodolite, and he's looking at that receptor, and then what they do I really don't have any idea. I don't know what they do. This is, uh, this is a rifle scope, and that's a stud finder. I don't have a Theodolite. So I don't know what in the world they do. Jay Hall can tell you later maybe what, what, what surveyors are actually doing. It's just a big mystery to me. The cool thing is we don't have to understand that to understand this vision because he says, hey, I'm going to go measure. And then this angel that keeps talking to Zachariah, he comes up to Zechariah and he's talking to him. And this other angel comes to that angel. So there's lots of angels involved. And he goes, hey, go, go tell that young man he doesn't need to measure. In fact, I want you to see it. If you've got your Bibles open to Zechariah 2, you can stay there for a while. He says, the angel talked to me, came forward, verse 3. Another angel came forward to meet him and said to him, run, say to that young man, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as villages without walls because of the multitude of people and livestock in it. And I will be to her a wall of fire all around declares the Lord and I will be the glory in her midst. So the vision is, here's a, here's a young man going out to measure Jerusalem and an angel says, tell him not to, not to do that. Tell him, tell him he doesn't need to go measure. And if you understand the context of what's going on, which is really, really important to this, you understand that the people of God have been in exile for almost 70 years. They had disobeyed God, they had rejected God, and God punished them by allowing Babylon to come in and, and to take, defeat them, destroy the city, and take them captive. And when Nebuchadnezzar came in, they wiped out everything. They tore down the temple. They tore down the walls to the city. They burned the gates. And it was just in ruins. And they took the people into captivity in Babylon. But God had promised that he would deliver them. God had promised that he would bring them back at the end of the 70 years of his discipline. And that's where the story of Zechariah is taking place. Zachariah is this prophet who has come back with the people with the task of rebuilding Jerusalem. And so this measuring guy, this ancient surveyor is going out and he's basically measuring because, well, we're going we're to need walls. And so let's figure out how wide the wall needs to be, how long this thing is. Let's figure out the boundary so that we can build a wall around the city. And then that's in the middle of this vision. The angel says, there's no need for that. And so I think we need to understand the vision. We need to understand what Zachariah is communicating, what God is speaking to Zachariah for the people through this vision in order to really understand how this might help us today And I think that you can understand this vision really in two parts of it. There's kind of two sides of it Here's the first side that there's no need to measure because it's not time to build walls There's no need to measure Because it's not the right time. It's not time right now to build walls around the city so there's a city in ruins and they've come back to reestablish the city and what God is telling the people through Zachariah the prophet and we'll look at Haggai in just a second through Haggai, these prophets, God raised them up to come back with the people, to lead the people and he said, hey, what we're going to do first is we're going to rebuild the temple. The temple is that place, that, that place that represented God's presence with his people, that represented that this is where God meets with his people. This is where you can come and pray and you can worship God. And so God dwells among his people. That idea came about because the temple really came about because of the, the tabernacle and, and the wilderness. Like that's the place that represents God's presence. And so God is saying through the prophets, build my temple. And what you see in this surveyors, Okay, God has brought us back. Here's what we're going to need. We're going to need walls. There's, there's threats around them. Kai talked about that last week, that the other people groups around uh, Jerusalem didn't want Jerusalem to be rebuilt, didn't want it to be reestablished, and so they were coming against them. They were threatening to attack them. And so what happened was the people stopped building the temple, and they, they kind of started doing their own thing. And now this guy has this... He's he's got this measuring line. He's like, okay, I know what we need. We need some walls to protect us. We need to build the walls to keep us safe. Now, Zechariah is one prophet that's speaking for God. Haggai is another prophet that's speaking at the same time, in the same situation, all the same context. God's speaking through these two prophets. A very similar message, maybe in different ways. And so I want you to see what Haggai says. And this is going to be on your screen, so you can follow along for a while. You can also literally just turn back one page in your Bible because it's the it's the book right before Zechariah. But in Haggai chapter one, I want you to see this in verse two. Thus says the Lord of hosts: These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. So here's here's what Haggai's saying: All these people, they got the threats. They came back. They're reestablishing Jerusalem. And, and I want them to build my temple. I want them to reestablish, rebuild the temple, establish my presence with the people, my glory to be on display for all the people around. I want them to build the temple and the people keep saying, it's not time yet. People say, it's not yet time for me to build the temple. And so look at what he says next. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet, Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? So what were they doing? Instead of building the temple, they got scared. Maybe the task seemed too big. And they shrunk back and they said, let's just build our house. Let's just plant some crops. Let's let's get the economy restarted again. Let's build a wall so that we'll be safe. From these attacks and then then after we get our houses and we get some money and some resources and we get some safety and some security guess what then we can start building the temple they were just thinking logically like let's let's make sure we got all our bases covered and then we can go build this temple and God says is it right you think it's okay for you to live in really nice houses and cedar panel they went to the cedars of Lebanon right and got these this, this wood so they could panel the inside of their houses and build their own houses and build what they were doing. And then they want to build a wall to protect them while the temple, God's house, is in ruins. He says they, they keep saying it's not time yet. But they're living in houses that they built, that are established. They're starting to plant crops. And now he turns it up a little bit. Look at verse 5. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Man, that phrase is so cool. Because it's basically God saying, How's that working for you? How's that working for you when you when you focus on yourself? And your little kingdom of your house and your resources and your job and all this stuff, and you ignore what God is doing, you ignore the task that God has given you to build his kingdom, to build his temple, how is that working for you? Consider it. Just stop and think about it. God gives us all these opportunities to just kind of look around and go, hey, is my plan for my life working or is there a better one? So consider your ways. And then he, he just points it out for them very clearly. Verse 6, you have sown much but you've harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Anybody else got a wallet or a purse like that to get money and it just goes out the bottom somewhere else like anybody else? (laughs) You don't have to raise your hand. We all have that bag. How's this working for you? You're trying to establish yourself, trying to build your house, trying to grow your crops. And God say, none of that's working for you. It's not. You're harvest, you're sowing, but you're not harvesting. You're trying to feed yourself, but you're not really satisfied. Like there's it's not, it doesn't work that way. That's what God has challenged to his people is when you build your house instead of God's house, first like it does not work work and and I know that sometimes it looks like and it feels like on the surface when we do this when we build our kingdoms first and we say just like the people were saying in that time I, I'll build God's kingdom later I know sometimes it feels like it works on the surface I mean that's why this message and this vision is so helpful for us, because it's very specific for what they were doing at that time, but it's really, really specific for every single one of us, because, man, we all say that all the time, don't we? It's not time yet. I mean, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that when I get more established. I'll, I'll serve when I've, when I've got more time on my hands. And I think that's coming. Like, we're, we're all going to... I'll magically get more time this year. I think it's coming. Like, when I get more time to serve, then I'll serve. When I get more resources and establish and get some sa- savings account, some security that way, then I'll give. Then I'll contribute. Then I'll, then I'll give my resources, my time, my talents, my energies. We always have this temptation in front of us to say, oh, not yet. i got to do this first. I got I to gotta build some security for myself before I give myself to God's work. And we know that sometimes it feels like that works. Sometimes the bank account's growing. Sometimes we're positioning ourselves in our job where we do find a little bit more flexibility with our time and some free free time. But here's where we know, if we're really, really honest today, we know that deep down, all that doesn't really satisfy us. It's like we sang that new song today about God being the one that would only satisfy us. We know that he's the only one that can, but we keep pursuing these other things. We keep building our own little kingdoms. We keep trying to build and establish ourselves. And then we go, when I get that done, then I'll give myself to God. And guys, it just doesn't work. It doesn't satisfy us, doesn't bring us joy, doesn't fulfill us. We're meant to give ourselves and to live for something so much bigger than us. And that's the message. They keep saying it's not time. God saying, no, the, the, the first thing we ought to do here is build my house, God says. Build the temple, build his kingdom. And then the time will come. It's not, don't misunderstand this. It's not like God is saying, don't ever worry about yourself. He's just saying, get it in the right order. Get your priorities right. Get, what are you gonna give your first fruits to, your first time, your first energy, your first resources? Where are you gonna give that? And then you can take care of yourself. Right now, it's not time to build a walls. Seventy-five-ish years later, God gave a vision to a man named Nehemiah. The temple's now restored and built and people are worshiping. And now he says, Nehemiah, go back and rebuild those walls. Go back and rebuild those gates. The, the time came for that to happen. But in this situation, what the people were doing was they were giving themselves first and foremost to what they wanted. They were pursuing their own needs and their own pleasure, and they were ignoring the kingdom of God. They were ignoring the temple of God. They were ignoring what God was doing, and God's saying, hey, let, let's turn this thing around. Give yourself first and foremost. Now, here's the, here's the cool thing about this. It's, it's January 9th, 2022, which means that a lot of you, your New Year's resolutions are already trash. Like, that's already gone. Like, I made it almost nine days, but not quite. So, but it's still early enough. It's still early enough in the year for you to have a new start. I mean, God offers one every day to us. But the new year, we turn a calendar and we all think we have this new start all of a sudden. It's like God is offering you this new start to say, in 2022, here's the question. Consider your ways. What are you going to give yourself first to? Are you going to give yourself to the kingdom that God is building? And the way He's doing that in the New Testament, in the, in the age that we live in, He does that through His church. And so, for me to connect that to you, it's just a biblical pro- principle and concept of you saying, I want to give myself first and foremost to God's kingdom, and so I'm going to build His church, I'm going to serve His church. And 2022 could be the year that you really, really get engaged, that you jump in. The the Christianity is not for spectators, and that's what he's saying. It's like, don't worry about your own stuff and just attend a church, but like engage a church. Get involved in what God is doing. Jump in and serve. No matter what your gift is, your talent is, your ability is, we have a spot for you because we want every single person who's a member of our church to be on mission together with us to serve Christ through his church. Kai talked about that, Kate's standing back there. You can talk to her about this need we have right now in Awana for you to serve alongside our children and our kids club. And you're helping them learn Bible verses, you're helping to keep, keep crowd control, all these different things. You're like, I don't really know how to work with kids. I don't really know how to do that. I've never even heard of this thing called Awana. It sounds like a weird word. Like, you can say a lot of different things and that's okay. That's where everybody starts. God wants you in the game. God has a role for you to play in this thing. And and we say this all the time because we don't want anybody to miss out on this. We don't want you to spend your life focused on yourself and doing what you think is best for you and ignoring what God has for you and the big picture role that he has to play because you will miss out on purpose and meaning and significance and joy the way God has planned for you. So don't miss out. And that's that's the first message of this there's no need to measure because it's not time to build walls. And I think you could look at Haggai and we'll continue to see this in Zechariah, all these different reasons why this makes sense. But if you fast forward all the way to the New Testament to where Jesus is talking in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 33. This is at the end of the section where he says, why are you so worried about what you're going to eat? Why are you so worried about what you're going to wear? Why are you so worried about the details of your life and at the end of that he says this in verse 33 but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things those things you need they'll be added to you this is Jesus's gospel principle for this give yourself first and foremost to his work give yourself first and foremost to what God is doing engage his body get involved on some level seek first the kingdom and then everything else, God will fill in the blanks. Everything else God will add. He knows what you need. He's the giver of all good things. He's the provider. And he will, he will meet those needs when we seek him first. In fact, one of the things that they were worried about here is their safety. Let's go build walls so we can be safe to build a temple. And God says, hey, I'm going to be a wall of fire around you. That wall is not going to keep you safe anyway. That, che- that checking account, that savings account is not going to keep you safe anyway. We think it is. I think it is all the time, but then it doesn't. God will be the protector. God will be the wall of fire around us. His glory dwelling amongst us. Him leading us. Him guiding us. And we giving ourselves to Him. He fills in all the gaps. So, there's no need to measure right now because it's not time to build the walls yet. 2022, what will you build? 2022, what will your family build? What will you give yourself to, first and foremost? And the second part of this vision, if... I think that's kind of a challenge for all of us. And the second part is more of an encouragement. And this is, it. this is it. There's no need to measure because God's city cannot be contained. You don't need to go measure the width and length of this right now because it's going to be bigger than that. God's city, this kingdom that God is building, the city that he's building in Jerusalem specifically cannot be contained. The people were looking at this going, man, this is less than half the population of what it was before the exile. And he's saying, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. I'm going to grow this city. It specifically says that... The multitude, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as villages without walls because of the multitude of people and livestock in it. It's just going to grow and expand. It's going to be bigger than you think it is. Kai says, Zachariah is cooler than we think it is, and Jerusalem's going to be bigger than you think it's going to be. It's going to be bigger because God's growing it. God's the one leading it. When you give yourself to this work, when you give yourself to building the kingdom, you're giving yourself to something that's going to be way bigger than you could ever imagine. Do you ever even ask? Like it's just, that's how God works. And so there's no need to measure because God's city cannot be contained. In fact, if you look down at verse 11 in Zechariah 2, it says, And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people, and I will dwell in your midst, and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And he's talking about this idea that started with Abraham of God blessing a people so that he can bless all the nations through Abraham. He says, hey, you're going to rebuild the city and you're going to build the temple and people are going to see how great your God is. And nations, other nations are going to come and they're going to worship you here and you don't want walls to be in the way. Walls keep people out, but as you reestablish this thing, other nations are going to come in to be a part of my family, going to be a part of this whole thing. There's this mission that you're called to, that you're giving yourself to when you're a part of the people of God and building this kingdom. And so we want to be a people that are welcoming all the nations. This whole thing has a specific playing out in Zechariah as time. Like they rebuild the city, they rebuild the temple, then Nehemiah comes, they rebuild the walls, but it really plays out with this future tense. Like you can see, Jesus show up, die on the cross to take take our sin away, to take our place on that cross. And then he's going to come out of the grave and conquer death and conquer the grave. And then he's going to ascend to the Father. And as he does, he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to indwell the believers. He's going to give them this mission, and that mission is going to start taking down these barriers. They're going to start taking down these walls, and all of a sudden, all the nations are going to come in. They're going to go to the Samaritans. They're going to go to the Gentiles. They're going to go to the ends of the earth with this gospel because all the nations are being brought in. So you see this fulfillment all the way up until this day. It's still being fulfilled. God is growing this thing and can't contain it. If you've been around the last few weeks, we've been talking about the fact that we've, we've contracted with a realtor, and we're, we're six years, six and a half years into this church, and we feel like it's time for us to start moving forward and find our own space, which is very, very exciting. And there's lots of stuff to talk about with that. There's lots of measurements. Like, okay, how many people are coming? How many people we think are going to come? How, how do you think we're going to grow? How many seats do we need in an auditorium? What kind of sound system do we need? How much space do we have? Square footage. All those things. We're talking about all those things. It just makes my eyes glaze over. We're talking about all that stuff. And as we do that, we need to do that. We need to have those conversations. We need to be wise and we need to be good stewards of all that stuff. But we need to make sure that our measurements are informed by God's measurements. That this is something that he's growing. It's something that he's doing. It's always been something that he's doing. We can't contain that. just trying to facilitate, trying to be in the middle of it, trying to to make sure that we don't miss steps with him. Because God is the one that's growing this whole thing. And when when we join in on this, man, we get to be a part of something that cannot be contained. The city of God is this image that Augustine, one of the like, early church fathers came up with this idea that there's a city of man, that's the principles of the world that people will tend to follow the world, and then there's the city of God. It's these two spiritual cities, these two spiritual kingdoms. And As we follow God, we're part of the city of God. We're part of his kingdom, we're part of the family. And the city of God, this kingdom that God is building, this church that he's building, not this one, but the church universal he's doing, it cannot be stopped it cannot be contained so let's don't let's don't let's not try to put a box around it let's just see where he's going let's follow him and let's be engaged in that so that to me is the vision no need to measure because hey, it's not time to build walls no need to measure because you can't contain this anyway God's gonna do something only he can do so now we got to figure out what's our response how do we respond to this what, what should we do In 2022, that will be a good response to this. And in this passage, there's three commands that I want you to see that I think help us understand that. The first command is is found in verse six. He says this up up which I don't know what that means it's kind of weird right it's like I guess that's how they got people's attention back then maybe in our day we would say fire up or something like that the angels would probably use hashtags I don't know what would go on but I don't know maybe it's like hey hey or howdy or maybe like Kai would say boy howdy I don't know exactly what's going on here but they're trying to get everybody's attention just like that and he says flee from the land of the north declares the lord For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heavens, declares the Lord. Up, escape to Zion, Jerusalem, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. So here's the first response. Return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. Literally, there's people that were in exile that when they started coming back to rebuild Jerusalem, they said, I'm fine. People stayed in exile. People stayed in Babylon. One of the things he's saying here is judgment's coming on Babylon. You don't want to be there. You want to be back with God's people, building God's kingdom and God's city. You want, to be, you want to be doing that. And so there's this invitation to respond by returning to the Lord. For some of us, it's what we just talked about, 2022. You've been a spectator, and it's time to get into the game. It's time to play your roles, time to jump in and begin to serve. And here's the temptation for every single one of us in that, even for me sometimes, is to say, you know what, I, I heard that. I believe it, and I need to do it. I need to. I need to start serving in this church. I need to. I need to really go in on that. And you think I'm. A, I'm going to talk today. I'm going to find Shu and talk to him. I'm going to find Scott Sutton. He's new. He will know that I, I. You know, he can lower his expectations. Whatever you find, find Scott. Find Nick. Find Kai. Find Ryan. Find one of the leaders. Find Kate. Find Stephanie, find Stacia, find one of our leaders and go, I need to serve. And you say, I'm going to do that as soon as the service is over. And then you see us talking to somebody like, oh, they look busy. I'll I'll just send them an email when I get home. And you get home and you forget to send an email because like there's football on and it's nap time. And so you don't do it. And then a few months have gone by and you're like, I'm not doing anything different in 2022 than I was before. So like today, here's the invitation. Return. Join in what God is doing. It's bigger than we can ever even imagine. It's immeasurable. So join in on what he's doing. And if you're not involved, here's an invitation for you to jump in right now and get involved. Come find us. Send us an email today. But then there's another side of this where these people were hanging out in Babylon. They decided not to come back. And Babylon in our, our Bible becomes known as the city of man. It becomes synonymous with the world, basically. And so there's these people that it seems like they're just, they're just comfortable living in the world. They're just comfortable living in Babylon. They've kind of forgotten and walked away from God. And they're living by a different standard. They're pursuing something that the world is offering them instead of what God is offering them. And here's what God is doing. Return. Come back to me. There's a spot for you. <laughs> that, that's the crazy thing is there's people in here right now that have thought, man, I've been... I've been running from God for so long, and I've been chasing other things for so long that God probably doesn't want me back. And here's the message very, very clearly through Zechariah and through all of us today. Return to the Lord. He's got a spot for you. Doesn't matter how far you run away. Doesn't matter how, how, how deeply embedded in the world's value system you are. He says, return. Come back to me. In fact, I want you to see this in verse 8. Thus says the Lord of hosts, after his glory sent me to the nations who plundered you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. The apple of his eye. You've heard that phrase before? It means that person you cherish above everybody else. Oh, she's the apple of my eye. That's an old way of saying I really like her. God calls us the apple of his eye. Who does he call that to? He's calling the people who rejected him, worshiped false gods. He disciplined them. He let them be overtaken by Nebuchadnezzar and taken into exile in Babylon. And some of them have decided to stay living in Babylon. And God looks at them and says, those people are the apple of my eye and I want them back. You are the apple of his eye. I don't care how far you've grown. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care how deeply embedded in the world you are. God wants you to come back. Return to Him. And maybe today, that is a repentance. The, the repentance is such a theme in Zachariah, It's turning away from pursuing the things you've been pursuing and coming back and recognizing that God has open arms welcoming you back. Maybe for some of you, you've never done that. Maybe that you're on the outside looking in. you saw the baptisms, and you thought, "Man, that's really interesting, and that's cool." And you heard the proclamation. My only hope is in Jesus and what he accomplished for me on the cross. And I'm choosing to follow him, to leave my sins behind and follow him with all of my life for the rest of my days. You heard that proclamation, but that's not true for you. And here's what God is saying to you today, if that's you. Return. Come to me. This is the only way life will ever really make sense. It's the only way you'll ever find satisfaction, joy, and purpose is if you come to him. And today, January 9th, 2022, that could be the day of your salvation. It could be the day you turn everything around and you come to Jesus. And so the first response is to return to him because he loves you that much. He's pursuing you that much. The second response is seen in verse 10. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold I come, and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. So the second response is to rejoice and worship. For those of you, and there's so many of you that I'm looking at right now, that you're serving, you're engaged, you're in community, this is your people, you're doing life here. Like you are in this game, you're playing your role, you're giving yourself to building His kingdom at crosspoint. Like this should be an encouragement to you, then here's your response to all this. Let's rejoice. Let's sing. Let's worship. Let's make sure we gather together every single week and we worship the God who's rescued us because we had no chance of that on our own. And the people in this day were told to rejoice because God was going to help them build that temple and then he was going to come and dwell among his people again. That was going to represent his presence with his people. We have way more reason to celebrate Because Jesus came to dwell with us. That's what we just did at Advent. We celebrated his incarnation. God with us. And then Jesus died in our place to rescue us and provide our only hope for salvation. He conquered the grave and he gave us, he went to the Father and gave us the Holy Spirit so that the the New Testament says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells with you. He dwells in you. So you know when the Bible says he will never leave you or forsake you, you know it's true. He's with us all the time. He indwells us. So we know that Jesus, God dwells in us. And so here's our response. Worship him. Sing songs and worship him by living your life for him in every single way that you can. Rejoice and worship. And the third response is in verse 13. He says, be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. It almost sounds like a contradiction, right? In verse 10, he's like, sing, rejoice. 13, be silent. It's almost like, man, they were pretty bad singers. <laughs> like, oh, sing. Oh, no, not that guy. Not that guy. Stop, please. Like, but it's really two different approaches. They all come together in our worship times. There's a time for us to be in reverent awe of him. I think the response that God is looking for and what he's doing, how he's building his kingdom, and the fact that he's given us a role is to revere him in all of life. That word revere means to show devotion above everything else, to honor above everything else. It's beyond respect. It's, Man, it's, it's a reverence for him. It's I'm in awe of him. What he's done, who he is, what, how much he loves me, the fact that he's invited me in. Like I'm, in I'm in so much reverence of him that I want to honor him. Am I going to be devoted to Him? What will you revere in 2022? What will you be devoted to in 22? You'll be devoted to His Word, be devoted to His people, devoted just like the Book of Acts, devoted to the fellowship, the gathering together, the prayers, all the things. Like, will you be devoted to those things because of your reverence for God and who He is and what He's done? Because, man, when you think about what we know on this side of Zechariah, on this side of the cross, like we know that His grace for us is immeasurable. His love for us, you can't even even begin to measure it. His mercy extended towards us, there is no way to measure that. And his power to do all that through us, to accomplish what he's going to accomplish through us, in spite of us, all that, it's completely immeasurable. So let's go. Let's get involved. Fire up. One of the commentaries I've been looking at is Reform Expository Commentary by Richard D. Phillips, and and I love the way he summed up these responses we just walked through. This will be on the screens. You can listen along. Here's what he says. Let us flee the city of this world and all that it loves. Let us instead come to the city of God rejoicing with songs in our hearts. And there in the temple that was built, not by hands, but by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, let us be still before the Lord, worshiping him in the quietness of gladness and peace. Through Jesus Christ, God has roused himself from his holy dwelling to live among us and to make his people, make us his people forever. It's good news. Let's thank him for that. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for the truth of your word. It says that it's profitable for us, all of it. All of your word is profitable for us, for teaching, teaching encouragement and correction rebuking all the things we need all the things and so we're thankful for that and god today just like every other day but maybe even more today would you let us and help us to be not just hearers of your word only but also doers of your word help us to respond to what you're telling us to do through your spirit help us to be obedient with that help us to give our lives this year and beyond to building your kingdom help us to seek you first your kingdom first and god help us to trust you to fill in all the other things for your glory we ask it in jesus name amen